0: Sci fi fantasy thriller. I'm Jeremy Fair. My pronouns are he, him, and I will be the dungeon master.
1: My name is Megan Kelleher. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Ava Elkin, whose pronouns are also she, her. I'm Cage. I'll be playing Sol Red and both of our
2: pronouns
3: are she, hers. I'm Danny. I'll be playing Whiskey, and both of our pronouns are she,
4: hers. I'm Rob. I'll be playing Info O Scott, and our pronouns are he, they. I'm Adam DeWeese, I go by he, him and I'll be playing Dr. Shepard who goes by they, them
0: Last time on Eclipse, you were all on Chandros, and you were there because you were responding to a distress call from a tribe of Aarakocra that, uh, I guess, made an alliance with the Lord's Armada. You were sent there because there was some sort of terrorist attack on, like, their major city, and uh, last time you landed, you met someone named Axel, who was uh, one of their, like, greatest warriors. I think he said he was, like, the commander of their military— And he basically was showing you around and kind of explaining everything that happened. Uh, Basically, you all found a home to Salaguin, which are these aquatic, like amphibious creatures. They normally have like small little tendril type things on their face, but they had like full on tentacles like coming off, like just like some sort of a lithid. And Dr. Shepard, you were seeing how it's extremely strange. Like they don't look like normal um, Salaguin at all. You also went to the very top of the spire and at the very top is a step pyramid and on top of the step pyramid is this huge nest and normally there's a giant rock which is a big ass bird dragon um, that they worship as a god named Thoden and Thoden sits in this nest and normally has a big egg that eventually when Thoden dies the new egg will hatch kind of similar to a phoenix it kind of allows Thoden to be reborn. Well this attack on the city was pretty terrible in fact Thodan their god this giant rock was killed and a couple of the air crooked soldiers were killed as well so now you are all here trying to figure out what's going on you are walking back down towards your ship down to the Gary because you were going to do an autopsy on some of these bodies of the fallen Salaguin and you're going to try to find out what's going on you also talked about maybe going and visiting a nearby lizardfolk tribe to try to get some help from them because the has basically told you if you go to try to deal with the Sawagun right now, you're probably going to die, like you're going to get overwhelmed. It would be best to try to get support from the lizardfolk. So that's kind of where you were headed last time. So you all walked all the way down the spire, across all these different bridges, and finally back down to where your ship is parked and uh, some of the other air croaker flew two of the Sawbin corpses down to the ship for you. So you're walking up and now you're at the eclipse. What would you all like to do?
4: How far away are the tribes of the lizard folk? I'm guessing we need to take the Gary. We're not gonna be walking there.
0: Yeah, so the Lizard Folk tribe, uh the closest one is probably like a good nine or ten miles away. Most of this planet is covered in ocean. There are a few swampy areas where there's, you know, a little bit of land. It's still kind of in a lot of ways like overrun with a lot of water so the closest one is like a couple miles away you can certainly take you know the ship wherever you want it's your ship it's not like anyone's keeping you here are the bodies already loaded onto the ship yeah so when you walk up you'll see two of the aarakocras are standing right there at the edge of the ship and they just have laying on the ground two of the sawabun bodies I think last time some of you also grabbed some of the weapons that the Salgin were using that they had taken from all the bodies. And um, when you all started walking down, Axel actually went off to go talk to Aladrin, which is the Emperor of the Aracokras, to just kinda let them know like what you all plan to do and to kinda, you know, double check to see if you should all go and talk to lizard folks, like basically in the name of this Aracokra tribe.
4: Did we ever hear back from that that
0: fool? Not yet. As soon as you all started walking back down towards the ship, is kind of when he flew off towards the main palace. I'm going to say telepathically to my to my buddies here.
4: They're going to be cooking apricot if we don't get out of here before he comes back.
1: They won't do that. We won't let them. Yeah, I think we might be better off asking for forgiveness than permission.
4: Do we
0: have any rope?
1: I'm sure we got rope.
0: Everyone's got rope.
1: Does the Lord's Armada issue us the standard 50 feet of hempen?
0: <laughs> yeah, you all have some government-funded rope. Uh, I could
4: use some rope. Someone give me your rope. Here, here's my government-funded <laughs> rope right here. This is silk.
1: Every foot,
2: it's got the the Lord's
4: Armada seal on it yeah. Info's gonna walk over to
5: one of the bodies that's laying there next to the gary oh, no. whichever one's in like the worst shape I think
0: one of them is the one I ripped the arm off of right?
5: I don't believe <laughs> we took that one with us. Oh we left the broken one?
0: No they brought two fresh bodies here and as you walk up the two air cookers standing there and one of them just go we have brought the bodies for you would you like us to bring them inside?
5: Yeah, Info's going to kind of like point to one and then thumb over his shoulder for them to take that one inside. And then he's going to tie the rope securely around the waist of the other one. And then I would like to... uh, Is there a spot on the outside of the Gary that I can tie it to? (laughs) There's a lot of spots you can tie it
4: to. You You know, Jeremy, like a hook where you tie bodies to... From ropes on the ship,
5: like like something that looks particularly secure, like it's not just gonna snap. off, <laughs> take
0: off. Yeah, the body toe. Yeah. no, there's a lot of metal things that you can tie a rope to, and the rope will most likely not come detached. Now, will it snap? I don't know. Okay. Have you tied the body good enough? I don't know, but it's not gonna rip the metal off the ship or anything like that. That's for sure. Cool.
5: Uh, yeah, I'm going to tie the body to the
0: ship. Like someplace where it'll
5: kind of like dangle like the tin cans when people get married. Jeez.
0: The Coker that, that had spoken to you, um, as soon as you told him kind of what to do, he picked up the body and started marching it up the ramp that leads onto the inside of the gary. The other one that's just standing there, the one that helped him carry these bodies down, is just looking at you with the most confuddled look... On their face, because you're just tying a rope to this other body, and then it's watching very curiously as you walk over and start to attach the other end of the rope to something on the ship. The,
4: the body toe.
0: Yeah, the body toe. It's gonna take a few steps back and just be like, "Is there anything else you need?" And he, like he's backing up, like as if he hopes you don't need any help.
5: Uh, Info's gonna check the rope and look at him and go science, so, and then just like walk in.
2: So I think in the process of this, uh, Solred is probably in the ship where the one Aarakocra comes in with the body, and she'll be like, Uh, didn't, didn't you all bring two down with you?
0: The robot man told me to bring it. Science. He's yelling at you as well.
2: Yeah, where's where's the other one?
0: The other one is outside. Robot man's tying.
2: Yeah, rod will certainly go outside and see what's going on. Info! Info, what are you doing?
5: It's an experiment. Don't mess with my science.
2: You've already... Broken the arm off of one. What? Not this one. What are you doing to these poor bodies?
4: What's the hypothesis? They're just husks of carbon. They're meat bags.
2: We know that.
5: I just want to see what happens here.
2: Info. That's not. That's not what you do with the dead.
5: We might need to know what happens to carbon-based life forms in atmospheres when we fly. You never know when you're gonna be dangling off the ship.
1: Oh, we're not going into the atmosphere, info. It is what some do to the dead. It's actually really fascinating in many cultures. I could, I could, con- I could, Yeah, I could continue, but I, <laughs> I didn't think anybody would let me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, no one's ever let me talk this long before.
4: Ava's, Ava sprouts out one sentence and just looks around. Everyone's looking at Ava. We're probably
2: not even going that high up, are we?
4: High enough. I'll, I'll look at Solran and kind of shrug.
3: Higher than we were when we found them?
4: Who cares?
5: And <laughs> In info's just going to go leave. Go to the coffee area. Talk to Rodney. I,
3: you know those bird folk. They did say a, a lot of stuff about uh, desecration of bodies and not being too fond of that. Mm. I, I got the feeling that they're not gonna be keen on us tying a body to the outside of our ship. So Red's like looking at the team,
2: like, "Are we just we're just gonna do this?"
4: Uh like look and see that info's back in the ship. We can just untie it, info it's like this where they'll just do something and keep shouting science science and I don't think they know what that means so we can just untie it and say that it came untied during flight
1: sometimes it's easier to let them think they've won and tire themselves out a little bit <laughs> alright
3: let, let, yeah let's just um, slip outside and untie the body from the ship and just leave it on the we'll pretend it fell off real
4: early I'll go distract Info, and I'll go inside and ask Info to help me with the uh, dissection <laughs> of the other one. Try to find out if I can get to the bottom of, like, why it looks like an illithid, but it doesn't seem like it had any of the tadpole markings on it.
1: I can go work on uh, stealthily untying that that corpse. And I know Solar would want to
2: learn more about the bracelet that gave her necrotic damage last episode. <laughs> So she, she, she's not super informed on uh, on the science stuff as much, but she's probably in the room with Dr. Shepard trying to see what they're doing and, and see what information comes out from that.
0: The Aarakocra that had carried the body onto the ship, it's like walks in and Red's talking to them and then just kind of walks away and starts yelling at Info and, and trying to figure out what's going on with the body outside. This is just left kind of in that room alone and it had just set the body on the ground it didn't know what to do it just sets it on the ground in the middle of the floor walks out sees all of them arguing and that its friend kind of is retreating sheepishly away and from the top of the ramp flies over to its friend That's fair. they're standing backwards and like whispering and like kind of looking over they're doing just about everything except literally pointing but they're you can you can tell even from this distance they're kind of concerned but they're watching curiously like what what's about to happen because at this point they just hear all of you arguing and see that this body is at the moment tied to what I guess is the body toe.
5: And Info was a warforged scout growing up, so he ties a hell of
0: a knot.
2: Hemp and rope can be cut with a sword.
0: Yeah, Info, go ahead and make a survival check. We're gonna see how good you were at tying stuff. Oh, I have negative one to survival. Damn it. (laughs) This thing's just gonna fall off before she even walks out. Ugh. Four. (laughs) So you tie the one rope to the body toe like, not great at all. Like, (laughs) pretty loose. But you tie the other side to the body really well. So you're like, I did a good-ass job, but you, you were more focused on tying the body part than the part to the actual ship, and that's the one that you didn't tie so well. Meanwhile, what are you all doing to distract info?
4: Well, first I was going to ask, can we just take a second to realize our ship has a body toe? Like, we, you know, actively, uh, frequently tie bodies to it, uh, so that's fun. It's just a metal loop. Yeah, it's when we're whaling. <laughs> it's the sport model. <laughs> but we call it the body toe? Um, anyway, yeah, what I was doing to distract info is I'm trying to get info to come help me. Um, dissection is kind of a a bad word, but I I mean that's what I'm doing. Yeah, an autopsy. <laughs> autopsy. There you go. Dissections for like ant, like frogs and stuff, and then autopsies are a dissection on a person. But so we'll do, we'll go with autopsy. Mm, come info, come help me with the autopsy. Oh hell yeah ripped this sucker
0: apart. (laughs) I knew this. Yes. Start shouting science. Science! Science. Yeah, the thing on the ship was actually called the interplanetary body tow, (laughs) meant to tow things from one planet to another, but info only heard half of it and has been referring to it strongly so those of you might have only heard of it as a body toe and it's all info's fault
4: so they just think like that's what that loop is for like tying bodies
0: to that's what info thinks for sure <laughs> and i don't know what everyone else thinks Yeah. if we find like a gom 2 in space
4: and we've went through like 20 episodes now and haven't tied a god dang body to it yet, so...
0: I mean, Info <laughs> almost teleported through a wall. Info <laughs> almost detached the starboard gondola in the middle of a hurricane storm. And now Info's... I don't even know what the plan was with this body tether, but... Science! So info you get to help with an autopsy I mean you're just gonna rip arms off anyways probably but like you already did so while info wanders over into the other room to help Dr Shepard start this autopsy so what is Ava gonna go do to take care of this body toe
1: I guess I'll just untie the end that's like shoelace bunny ears tie like not a not a real strong knot and uh just grab the body and bring it inside and try to cover it with some sort of like I don't know if I can see any canvas or tarp or anything just try to be like a modicum of respect for it
0: yeah there's like cubby holes on the walls of the inside of the Gary and there's like these velvet like burgundy uh, curtains that just slide like you're in a like a Winnebago or something and they're big enough for you to put this body on the side You know, like the like storage bins on Winnebago's where you can put stuff in them and then there's like a red curtain that goes over it for no reason. There's that if you want to like conceal it. There's also all the sleeping quarters where there's blankets and things. There's an engine room that really only Soul Red and Apricot go into. So you can kind of hide it wherever you'd like. You're the expert on death.
1: I am. Uh, Where's like the coldest place?
0: Besides space is ironically the engine room because 90% of it's all about cooling.
1: Right. Okay. So I think I'll, I'll put it in the engine room. I'll tuck it behind some uh, mechanical doohickey machine and uh, try to maybe wrap it up in some sort of uh, some sort of cloth that I find, like leather. No. <laughs> 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 yeah. There's just there's just leather <laughs> lying around.
0: I don't know if you had like a. Kickass leather jacket from Waterdeep. I'm not something. wrapping
1: a corpse in it if I do. I, <laughs> no, I'll grab like an extra blanket from the sleeping quarters, and I'll, <laughs> it's not a leather blanket, sadly, but <laughs> it's Info's blanket for sure.
0: It's Kanan's old blanket. Oh, <laughs> oh F in the chat, and it, ha- it has dreads all over it, and yo-yos. <laughs> yeah, Drist yo-yoing, but it's cheap. They're not woven in or anything. It's just like. I'll
1: just, like, wrap up the corpse and be like, the man who owned this blanket is also dead, so you have that in common.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got dark. Okay, while this is happening, what is Whiskey doing? And what is Solred doing while Info and Shepard are about to start this autopsy?
3: Whiskey's gonna hang out in there and uh, keep her eyes open for when that bracelet comes off and uh, take a look at it. I I want to see it. I want to... See if I can get any magical feel off of it.
0: Okay. And what is Solred doing? Where are you hanging out?
3: Solred's going to be
2: in there too because she's also very curious about this bracelet that injured her. And she doesn't have a, any medical knowledge really or anything like that. So if she needs to step in to use strength on something, she's there to, to get tapped in for that. But... Other than that, she's just waiting to see what the verdict on this bracelet is.
0: So everyone's in the autopsy room except for the person who's obsessed with death.
4: Well, they're upset. Obs- they're obsessing over a different death at the moment.
0: So everyone's crowded around Shepard. How many autopsies have you done?
4: This is when we find out that Shepard is deathly squeamish. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> I think, uh... They're actually a doctor of art history. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think I've done a few because I, th- I think one thing that drew Dr. Shepard, you know, in here is, and like to this team was more of a medical doctor, uh, and that's kind of why I was even assigned to this squad, I believe. Um, oh, oh, God damn it. God damn it. I just saw Info's role for a medicine check as my assistant. <laughs> It's <laughs> so fucking fitting. It's a zero. I have a minus one. One minus one. A fucking zero. Oh my goodness. I guess I better roll very, very good on this. Um, yeah, I think, I think I've think i done a, a, a bunch. Nothing on a creature like this. That's a, a guan with uh, of a tentacle beard before, but... I know where its face is, and I know where its legs are, and that's all you need to know <laughs> for an autopsy. Like, like
1: this end up, yeah,
4: <laughs> this end up. It's got it's pretty much like in a tattoo on your forehead. This end up, and you just gotta start from the top, work your way down, <laughs> see what happens. You just get something sharp and just uh, go to town. <laughs>
0: I think that's how they're described in the medical text <laughs> yeah it's chapter three
4: that's how dr shepherd uh made it to this post so it's actually the sh- the shortest chapter in the book fake it till you make it that's the one profession you do not want to hear that fake it
0: till you make it i mean at least it's an autopsy and not surgery
4: and yeah, at least it's not a surgery that turns into an autopsy that, those get those are real fucked up
0: But there's less like chance of failure
4: should i roll a medicine check jeremy
0: yeah, go ahead and roll a medicine check, and um, we'll describe what happens.
4: I got a 23, and 18 plus 5, and then info my assistant got a, Z, a 1 minus 1, a 0, so I don't know how that's going to... So
0: first of all, Dr. Shepard, explain to me what you're doing. How do you start this process out?
4: I am literally starting top to bottom. I'm mostly in focusing on these tentacles and trying to figure out uh, so I know like the process of making a mind flare and how like a tadpole has to go up the nose and then it kind of slowly takes over the humanoid figure, the, the, the host. But you mentioned that these tentacles are like different and it, I didn't see any markings of a tadpole. So I kind of want to like open up the head and see if I can figure out how this thing started turning into an illithid.
0: These tentacles are different in two ways. So, for the listeners and for and for everyone in the party, a salaguin has what looks like tiny little, little tendril things, but they're not. I mean, they're not even like an inch or two long coming off their face, and they're very thin. Um, there's also they normally have a lot of them. This thing has like five giant tendrils growing out of its face, out of its jawline, and I mean, they look exactly like. Dr. Shepard's just maybe a tiny, tiny bit shorter, not as long, but like the width of them and the way they look and the shape, like especially to another illithid, these are unmistakably illithid tentacles. So are you just going to like take this point to the forehead and cut the face right down the middle is that kind of your your
4: yeah that's kind of my goal and you know they like, try not to get too gory would, like open up like the skin where you can see the skull and see like where these goddamn uh, tentacles came from where they're grown from
0: um so you're about to do this you know exactly what you're doing info how are you approaching your part of the job you got a one minus one for a zero info just Looks over at Shepard and goes, "I'll check for the heart," and just shoves his hand
5: into the chest and shouts, "Kalima!"
4: Like <laughs> before I can stop, before I can stop them, I'm like, I mm, guess I don't need that anyway.
0: So you're trying to stab your hand into its flesh? And he's, he's got to be softened up a little bit from like a little bit. I mean, okay. he is. It's yeah. been like almost two full weeks, and it's extremely. <laughs> Puffy, and on top of that, this was an amphibious creature, yeah. So it should just be um, like right in there.
4: Sounds like a zero to me.
0: So you can do this, make a strength check, I guess. A dirty 20. <laughs> a dirty 20. What the fuck? Couldn't tie a knot, but I can rip a heart out of a <laughs> wet chest like nothing. Okay, so, so Dr. Shepard, you put the scalpel right to the forehead, you're just with absolute perfect, literally trained precision dragging this razor-sharp knife down the skin. It splits open perfectly. Most of the blood is far, far coagulated, so it's not a lot of like very liquidy blood going everywhere or anything. It's not really that messy. I mean, it's still cutting open the face. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, you just see this movement out the side of your eye, and Info, from your point of view, just punches this thing very hard in the chest, except then there's a somewhat medium-sized explosion of blood splatter and a very loud, like, squelching noise that I now have to edit into the podcast. And he just pulls out, and he's holding in his metallic fingers this heart. Uh, the heart is only slightly smaller than like an average human heart it is still on the red side of of color it's kind of like a bluish purple uh, a little different from what was expected you don't know if that's because of the species or because of the amount of time since it died but they are holding this thing right in their hands and just how are you going to react to that dr shepherd as the expert who was trying to approach this with precision.
4: Have I finished my part
0: yet? Or am I still like mid? I think you got down the forehead over the bridge of like the nose above the nostrils and like you're almost to the top of the lip when this happens. And I don't know how badly that affects what you were trying to do.
4: I don't think it even phases me. I think I knew the second I invited Info to help me with this autopsy for the distraction... I knew right away i done fucked up, and I knew what I was getting myself into. So I think I was expecting this. So like I don't even think I, it really faces me that much. Like I don't really care about below the neck very much anyway. So as soon as Info does it, I'm just I'll just look back, and be like, mm, good job, Info. Get the bracelet next, and I'll just continue down on my, on my face.
0: All right, so you managed to cut down through the lip and then down to the chin and right to like the throat and at this point you could very easily pull back the skin on this autopsy and you know it's it's messy it's an autopsy but like i said it's not really like super liquidy blood it's it's more it's like thicker and stuff so it's not going everywhere necessary except for the stuff info splattered everywhere and but there is that skull so you're like getting in there and you do know it has like a skull um and i don't know what you're like trying to investigate but if it's the brain you know it's in the skull Meanwhile, what are the rest of you doing? You just witnessed what Info just did.
3: Yeah.
0: Um. you just seen his second atrocity of the evening. If we're
5: keeping count, it's going to keep going,
0: because now it's a challenge. <laughs> like, how do you say crimes against humanity but include all the races in D&D? Crimes. Just crimes. <laughs> the Info
2: did Crimes. <laughs>
5: I can't wait
4: till, like, the moment in the story, like, Info's, like, uh, redemption arc, where it's, it's like, we need this. And we're like, oh, Info, it's time for you to do crimes now. He gets a special ability called
0: do crimes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would say that this very much shocked Solred. Uh, I don't think that she's quite used to Info's tactics yet. As a soldier, she's used to, like, that very measured and, like, uh, tactical approach to things, and uh, with this group, it seems to be whatever your first thought is, just go for it. <laughs> and uh, so she she was highly unprepared, and I think as Info pulls their arm back to like punch <laughs> this corpse, I Solred turns her head and is just like staring
3: at Whiskey, like, ah, uh, what the hell. Info. What? What? What was that?
5: Aggressive surgical removal.
4: <laughs> I'll look back at whiskey and at silver. and i be like, Oh, yeah, you'll get used to it. Right. And I'll just like, go back to cutting the face. <laughs> And Mr.
5: Rodney's gonna come in with like a big uh, pot of coffee, and just gonna drop the heart in it, and then start fiddling with the arm that has the the bracelet on it. And Rodney's just gonna be like all pissed off, looking like and just like a walk out.
4: That's the grossest thing yet. No. I like the coffee. It's hot,
5: it'll sanitize.
3: I don't think I'm going to drink coffee anymore. Sword prefers the
2: other beans, but as
3: uh, Info starts to uh,
2: work towards the bracelet, she'll be like, uh, you do want to be careful with that, though. It's got weird magic around it.
5: Oh, I have science. I know, I know. And Info's going to, like, pull the arm out of his backpack that he had strapped on the back. And that one still had a bracelet on it, right? Because that was why I ripped it off, because it had the bracelet. And it was also covered in coffee. But, you know, it just smells better. And so is going to be like, Soul Red, come here, come here. Science, listen. Here's the science. You've already been exposed to this energy before, right? Yeah. So, it's like two negatives make a positive. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to take this arm with the bracelet. I want you to swing it real hard and aim the bracelet on your arm bat that I'm giving you. Call it Batty. And I want you to hit that bracelet against the other bracelet. Like when an Amazon smashes their bracelets together and we'll see what happens for science.
2: Are are you sure about this? Keep in mind, Sora has an intelligence of zero, so... (laughs)
5: I am 89% sure about
4: this.
3: You know, I don't think that's the best plan.
4: I'm very intelligent.
3: No, <laughs> no,
4: I'll, like, lean over, like... <laughs>
3: yeah, and so am I. So, trust me here. I got some thoughts. Maybe not following the same logic as you, but I got some logic. And, uh, y- you smash two explodey things against each other. You might just get more explosion.
5: But the competing explosions would cancel each other out.
3: That's a good point. Or they would add up together and make a bigger explosion. <laughs> And we're in a contained ship. There's only one
5: way to find out.
3: You know, that is true, but we can also not find it out and investigate these bracelets separately rather than looking at what happens when you bash them together. Because I'm more concerned about what one bracelet does than what multiple bracelets do. Because we did find them each with one bracelet.
5: Well, what if I just bash this bracelet on the one that's tied up outside? I'll do do that instead.
4: Oh my god.
3: No, no. Because that's still on the ship. (laughs) Let's look at the bracelets separately first. Figure out what we can about them. And then we will consider the possibility of perhaps smashing them together when we are far away. Far, far away from the ship. Uh,
5: you're being too chicken. Info's going to smash the bracelet onto the
0: other bracelet. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Jerundu. And we are the hosts of Dice Talk on the Majestic Goose Podcast Network. Dice Talk is a Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop podcast that dives into the deep topics of tabletop role-playing games.
4: Join us
1: as we speak with passionate content creators, podcasters, authors, and more as we discuss all manner of tabletop and geek-related content.
0: Dice Talk is a bi-weekly show, so we're hitting your podcatchers with fresh new episodes every other week, filling your ears with exclusive interviews and conversations that you can't find anywhere else. Every episode
1: is a new opportunity to hear from different creators in the tabletop community and just talk about Dungeons & Dragons and any other tabletop games that have made us and who we are
0: dice talk now on the majestic Goose podcast network make sure you check us out and subscribe so you never miss an episode
4: a majestic goose podcast Ow. hey
5: you're being too chicken info's gonna smash the bracelet onto the other bracelet
2: sworded so like immediately. Locks her
4: face with her arm because she remembers what it felt like the last time. Science! <laughs> so we'll just start calling Info Bill Nye. Bill Nye the bad science guy.
3: <laughs>
4: uh-huh. Roll
0: an attack, Bill Nye. Oh, right. God. Unarmed strike.
1: Oh, Lord. I don't remember Bill Nye ever, like, doing that.
0: <laughs> Fifteen.
5: How close are you standing everybody? Too damn close. It's a smallish space.
2: Info called Solarite over, so she's Probably the next closest after Info.
3: And Whiskey was right up there trying to get him to stop. <laughs> yeah.
0: I feel like Shepard is far enough away, but I definitely think, I do think the other three, Solred, Info, and Whiskey, are going to need to roll a constitution saving throw. Oh, Whiskey.
3: Oh, fuck you, ducks. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be four. That's a dirty 20
2: for Solred. red.
5: Uh, info guy, twenty three. Hell yes.
0: All right, fuck a duck. So these ducks are, <laughs> so these little ducks have betrayed you once again. They have. Maybe yeah, but- maybe it's just dice in general. I'm gonna go ahead and roll for the damage then. Wow, I rolled two D eight and got a three. Okay.
3: So <laughs> okay, other people. So guys like
0: somehow. So Whiskey only takes three necrotic damage, and both Soul Red and Info take half of that, but I think it's always in the defender's favor when it comes to damage, right? So it's only one each. So what I imagine happening is Info clacks these things together really hard. This blast comes out, but it's not like an explosion that goes in every direction. It's more like a ring that kind of shoots out only to the left and right. It hits whiskey like just where her face is, but she's short enough that even the slightest ducking has caused her to get below the real brunt of the explosion. And so she only takes three damage. Uh, the, and the two of you just take one because you're not like within its direct, like directly where it hit. It didn't hit you anywhere except like your chest, like not directly in the face like whiskey. Yeah, should we do it again?
3: Well, that wasn't as bad as last time at least. No, you are not doing that shit again.
0: The moment the explosion happens, Gary will pipe up and go, Large energy field detected.
1: Do I hear this from the engine room?
0: <laughs> yeah, you just hear that. You hear Gary's voice ringing out. Is the crew
5: stable? Do you require Gary's assistant?
1: Damn it. I think I'm going to have to go back and check on these fools.
4: Gary, did you start going to the lizard folk yet?
0: Gary is parked and awaiting orders.
4: We all, oof, that's on us. We all forgot to tell. Gary. You didn't even
0: close the ramp or anything. You're just <laughs> parked here, doing this, and these two air cooker are most likely still just outside <laughs> listening and watching because you're all so damn loud. God damn it, <laughs>
4: mm, Gary, close the 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 Gary gate <laughs> and go to the uh, lizard folk, please.
0: Now closing boarding ramp. Prepare for departure. It's called the Gary Gate. You'll feel the engine just kick on and it starts to rise upwards and like everything in the operation room just kind of shifts for a second. It's not enough to like knock any of you all over since you are used to kind of being on, you know, your ship faring folk. But it it does definitely, you can feel it that it's moving. Ava, you hear this explosion and you hear Gary and you walk in and now the ship's moving and what are you doing?
1: I'm saying... Can somebody please explain to me how an autopsy turns into an explosion? Info. Okay, that's probably about as much explanation as I will ever need. Found anything interesting yet, Dr. Shepard?
4: Boy, have I? No, (laughs)
0: have I, Jeremy?
4: Have I found out why these damn things have tentacles?
0: Yeah, so you cut open its face, and so a lithid have the tentacles hanging down and their mouth underneath it, similar to, like, an elephant. Whereas a Salaguin has these weird little tendril things hanging off of its chin, but its mouth isn't the normal place where most humanoid creatures have a mouth. You pull this thing back and you notice behind its lips, behind its outer skin is a circular mouth with rows of teeth going all the way around it in like a radial design. Um, There looks to be three or four layers of these teeth, and it is much more similar to your own than it should be it almost seems like like the skin on the outside was kind of like a shell now it it doesn't look like there's just straight up an a underneath its skin or anything but like this mouth definitely is not the normal shape of a sawagun mouth and it's only because you peeled back the lips and everything that you can see that on top of that do you notice that the skull though there is cracked where the nostrils like attach and allow oxygen Um, It also seems cracked and damaged, and you know you did not hit it with enough force to do anything like that. And you also know the outside of the face was not damaged previously, uh, so you don't think it was caused by some sort of blunt trauma like that caused its death in the fight or anything.
4: And I still don't think it's anything to do
0: with tadpoles. I mean, from what you tell, you don't see any tadpoles right now, but then again, you've only read about them. You've never done it, so you've only really know as much as everybody else knows from reading and learning about it in Waterdeep.
4: I think that's probably all I'm gonna get from this. And I don't really like I said, I don't really care about the rest of the body. That's why I let Info do it or the fuck Info is doing down <laughs> there. Uh, so I think I got all the info answers I'm gonna get from here.
0: What does anyone else want to do? While he has this thing splayed open and, and the skull exposed and everything. Anything?
4: Info went back to look
0: for the body that was supposed to be dangling out the side of the ship and now just hear it me yell. Did you
5: assholes untie my body?
0: So you're, the ship... So Gary doesn't know where they're taking the ship. So it, the ship is just floating in the air above where it was parked. And you look down and you can't see the rope anywhere. But you're assuming, oh, it must be just dangling down below. So Gary's not fucking moving? Gary doesn't know where to go. I told him to go to the lizard folk.
2: <laughs> but where? I'm sure there's more than one place.
4: I don't know where they are.
2: <laughs> uh... Would we be able to use the Gary to do the sensors from the engine room to locate other living beings?
0: Yeah, you can do that if you'd like to. So Solred can run over to the engine room and um, go ahead and activate the sensor array and you're going to scan the planet of Chandros for life. Um, There's, of course, immediate pinging going on at the Erakokan civilization, um, but you also notice on this map, which is kind of like, It's a topographic map, but there's just not a lot of land, so it doesn't show too much. But that also makes it really easy to see the land that does appear. And you do see that about nine miles north, there is a little bit of land. It doesn't seem to rise up very high, which would make sense for a swamp. And there is a life force. Life force is coming from that way. Um, And it's a pretty large signal. Not as large as the Ococra, but it's a pretty large signal.
5: Uh, Gary? This is Gary! How may I help you?
2: Uh... Can we go nine miles north?
5: Now
0: moving nine miles to the north, and the engine just starts and uh, it starts zipping forward um, pretty quickly—not space travel quick, but you know, pretty fast.
4: Did good. He did good. Did better than Doctor Shepard did.
2: Still, so still not used to being able to actually tell the ship something to do.
4: <laughs> did
0: Doctor Shepard require Gary?
4: Mm, no, never Gary. Oh.
0: Gary, signing off.
4: Not forever, Gary.
0: There's no response.
4: Oh, <laughs> shit.
3: Dr. Shepard, did you just piss off the ship? I didn't know you could do that.
4: I c- it's a ship. Whiskey, it's a ship.
2: Dr. Shepard just locked himself out of the account. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta,
0: I gotta go reset my passport. So, Info, what did you do with those two power bracelets? I, I dropped the one
5: that I took as a souvenir when I went to run and check to see what my body was doing outside.
4: Do you think Whiskey or Soul Red would let Info touch them again after that?
5: I know I dropped it because I the one is still attached to the body, and then I dropped the one that I had a souvenir as.
0: So, yeah, so the ship is moving towards that landmass with all the creatures, uh, you know, hopefully the lizard folk, and you have this body cut open and splayed out all over the table, and um, there's like a, a, the smell of burnt hair almost, not really, more like like uh, burnt calcium coming from the energy that had arced out of these two rings. And uh, what is everybody doing while you're waiting for the few minutes of travel?
3: I want to look at that bracelet.
0: Yeah? Uh, Do you want to investigate it for like magical properties? or?
3: Yeah, I want to start with that, looking for for magical properties.
4: I was going to say, I could try to I I think now that I'm done with this autopsy, I could try to remove it for whiskey. Sure. In a surgical manner.
0: Okay, so you're just going to cut it off?
4: Yeah, I'm gonna try to cut the arm off at the like the lower portion so that it can
0: hopefully slide off. So like as low down on the wrist as possible. Yeah. Go ahead and make, I guess, a medicine check.
4: An 11 with a plus five. Oof.
0: So you're able to saw into it. Um, it's not, it's not as clean as you'd like. You're a little embarrassed. I mean, you cut it off. I know. But like, you were just talking all this game, and like, even info was pretty precise with his like chest strike. Uh, so, so, you cut it off and it, the hand even falls to the ground. It's kind of like, and you're just like, oh man, you didn't even like have the grace to catch that. But you got the ring. And, uh, Whiskey, while you're looking at this ring that's now free from the hand, it's got a little bit of blood on it, some weird coagulated ooze. Um, go ahead and make an arcana check to see what you can tell about this ring, this uh, wristband.
3: Uh, Fourteen.
0: So with the 14, you are examining this bracelet. So first of all, you know for a fact they do have some sort of necrotic energy attached to it. You know that just from the two experiences you've had with them. It also seems to have been created magically. And the reason you can tell that is because it has absolutely no separate parts. This is all one solid piece. And it does not seem technological. So the bracelet does not seem, even though the outside looks like metallic and futuristic, it's like so pristine and so smooth, it looks magical. It's not like it was built. Um, So whatever power it has is definitely of magic variety. It's not like technologically based. Uh, But I don't think uh, without doing like a detect magic or anything that you know much more about it. Dr. Shepard, why don't you make a quick insight check? while you're wallowing in your self-pity.
2: <laughs> while they're doing that, I think Solred will come back in and, of course, she's eating beans out of the can, but she's watching Dr. Shepard and Whiskey with this. And can Solred see whether or not that bit that she sliced into a little bit, is that still there? Or I don't even know if that's the body that we took or not. But
0: On the bracelet? Yeah, she'd be
2: curious to know if it like healed itself or if there's still, like, the sign of her cutting into it last time.
0: Well, they would have took whatever bodies you pointed out. So if that's the body you all wanted them to take...
2: Sure.
0: They would have taken it. And there were two. So I don't know if it's the one dangling off... or that was dangling off the ship and is now tucked in someone's sleeping quarters, or if it's the one that you know, you nicked with the weapon. Are you
2: suggesting that Solred sleeps in the engine room?
0: I don't know. Does Solred sleep in the engine room? Is it too, too warm in <laughs> <She> space?
2: <totally laughs> might with Apricot.
0: <laughs> well, there's a body in there waiting for you. So, yeah, you're looking and I think if that's what your intentions were you, this is the same one. The same body. And uh has the same bracelet. And you can see it does have that little mark. It's not like it went away or anything.
4: I got a 14 on my insight check.
0: Okay, so Dr. Shepherds, you're sitting here being like How did did I mess up so bad? Like, you're just so ashamed. You've been separated from your friends forever, and now you're back on your new adventure, new you, and you mess up. You think for a moment, wait a minute. If this is a lipid-based, it goes for the brain. The brain's inside of the skull. So you're not so certain that your autopsy is over.
4: All right. I'm going to crack into that skull. Surgically-like, though. I thought I was, Adam was focusing on the tentacle mouth. Didn't even think to check the dang brain. Actually, you know what? I'm probably running pretty low on brain tubes anyway, so. Might as well, uh, double dip, so to speak.
1: Does anyone have a bone saw?
4: I'll make sure, I'll tell everyone, like, look away.
0: (laughs) Would this be the first time they've ever consumed an actual brain, if that really is their intention?
4: Um, I'm sure I have before, just with how old I am and stuff. But uh, yeah, I try to sustain on just brain tubes when I can. But if I got a f- generally fresh brain in front of me, might as well save a tube. And how old are they exactly? Uh, 33, I think I've got somewhere in my notes. Oh, okay, okay. Is this like Zombie? Are you going to get its memories if you eat its brain? <laughs> <laughs> we will. I don't think so. We will see. It could be handy.
3: That would be convenient.
4: What should I roll to to crack it into this thing's skull to peek it?
0: I mean, I think it's another medicine check. It's uh... Man, I've been rolling medicine checks
4: left and right. I got a plus five. What did I get this time? 16 this time.
0: Okay, that's enough. Explain to me how, since you're the medical expert, as much detail as possible because I know you're professionally trained, how do you get into this skull?
4: I mean, I think I just get a little... uh you know, a bone saw out where it's like a little uh, like titanium metal looking thing with like a little tiny... It sounds fucking god-awful to everybody. So everybody might want to just leave the room now as I start to uh, saw into this from the the middle top of the cranium down um, until I can get this thing cracked open.
0: Okay, so you are cutting into this skull with your saw and it comes off pretty well. And inside you see the brain, but it doesn't look like a brain. It looks kind of purplish um, and scaled all over. And you realize after a second, what you're looking at is definitely organic, but it actually looks like whatever it is has completely engulfed the brain. It's actually some sort of other creature. The thing has blue scaly amphibious looking skin, and at the top is like a weird little fin or a tail, it seems to be coming directly off the top. It looks like whatever this thing is, is like entirely wrapped around the actual brain itself. And from what you think, you think you're seeing the back of it.
4: Does anyone in this room, I'll be like, mm, I think a fish ate this brain. I'll try to turn it over so I can see the front of
0: it.
3: Well, I, I want to look. Yeah, I would love to see that.
0: <laughs> Are you pulling the brain out or what? Because I'm imagining that only the top Part is open right now, so you're only seeing this, like tail fin coming off the upper portion of the cranium.
4: Yeah, I think once I, I think if I had the um, the whole top of the brain or the top of the skull off, I think I would tr- reach in with some uh, some some tongies and uh, try to scoop up the brain and pull it out.
0: It's like carving a pumpkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, you get it out. The hole you made is definitely big enough for this thing, and you pull this brain out. And it's a little bit larger than, like, an heirloom tomato. And sure enough, wrapped around this thing is this purple fish-looking creature with razor-sharp teeth and these white eyes that are, like, have no pupil. Like, they look very wide and, like, as if this creature lives in complete darkness. The creature around this brain itself has four purple tentacles hanging off that, though small, because it's it's a small organism, also kind of... Look similar to elithid tentacles, just you know, in a smaller version. This does look like some sort of hybrid elithid tadpole, but it does not look like the normal elithid tadpoles that you have learned about in the past. And as you're like looking at it, you'll see the eyes blink and the tendrils start wiggling around and they start sticking and grabbing at your hands. And that is where we'll end this episode of Eclipse. This is Jeremy, your DM. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Eclipse. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did when we recorded it. The plot is really starting to take off now, so I'm super excited to get deeper into this story. The next episode of Eclipse will release in two weeks, so make sure that you're subscribed to Eclipse so you never miss an episode. And if you've enjoyed Eclipse, please tell your friends about us. Go wherever you like to get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. We have gotten a lot of downloads and a lot of positive feedback, so I really, really appreciate all the support. You can keep up to date with all the Eclipse content by following us on Twitter. That is at EclipsePod. We are super active on there. You can also go to TheEclipsePod.com, where you can learn about the show and the crew and all the awesome voice actors that are playing the characters for Eclipse. Eclipse is part of the Majestic Goose podcast network, so you will want to check that out as well. We're home to over a dozen podcasts and streams. We have everything from actual plays to talk shows. We even do a live nerdy craft stream every week, so we really do it all here on the Majestic Goose network. We release new content six days a week with shows like Doom Clock, One Shot Onslaught, Halfway to Hero, Dice Talk, Roll for Weird and many, many more. So go to MajesticGoose.com and check out all that awesome stuff on there. You can check out our weekly streaming schedule and just come say hi to us. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time on Eclipse.